Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Jay Helms, and if you are new here, if this is your first time discovering the W2 Capitalist, we, as the W2 Capitalist, are here as a resource to help you and your family build wealth so that you and your spouse can spend more time with your family. We are here to help you create a bigger nest egg and gravitate you toward building generational wealth that you can pass on to your kids, they can pass on to their kids, and so on and so forth. Before we get into today's episode with Adam Zuck, I want to point you to our affiliate deal check. The deal check is by far the easiest calculator on the planet to underwrite and analyze single family rentals, which is our topic of conversation today with our mastermind VP, Mr. Adam Zock. But you can also use deal check to analyze flips, burrs, wholesales, and multifamilies. It is absolutely free to try and you'll only pay for the pieces that you need to unlock to fit your needs, right? For the annual subscription that I have, it's about five bucks a month. And our friends at DealCheck have hooked us up with a 25% promo code. Uh, this is a 25% off promo code. So use the promo code W2CAP, it's W2CAP, when you check out, right? You can find more at W2Capitalist.com slash DealCheck. All right, let's get into today's episode with Mastermind VP, Mr. Adam Zock. capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. Adam, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's good to be conversing with you. Yeah. So if you're, you're listening or you're watching, and, uh, watching, if you're listening or watching, uh, this is not the normal way I introduce people into the podcast and Adam's not a normal guest. He is a special guest because everybody comes on the W2 Capitalist is a special guest. But he's a super special in that he is a, uh, he's been in the mastermind for a while. He's stepping up into a leadership position inside the mastermind. He's going to be leading the, he's one of our mastermind VPs who's going to be leading the um, single family buy and hold virtual sessions that are going to be happening throughout the, the coming months. And uh, I wanted these guys, I told these guys, hey, I want to do an Ask Me Anything episode with you so that uh, listeners or viewers get to know you and understand you and your philosophy around it. Plus, you're a super smart guy, a lot smarter than I am. And we're going to get into the reasons why here in just a little bit. Um, and this is just going to kind of be a little bit different format, right? And I hope to bring you a couple of these a month with the other Mastermind VPs. So the way this works, uh, or way this is inside the w, uh, W2 Capitalist community, which you can find at w2capitalist.com slash community. Uh, as these things get scheduled, and I'll leave the guys, uh, leave it up to them to schedule them. I'll post a question, hey, or post, I'll make a post. Him recording and ask me anything with Adam. What questions do you have in the single family buy and hold space? So um, that's where we're going to start. And then I've got some particular questions uh, that I want to know about. Something you've been trying to explain to me for, well, you've explained it to me many, many times, and I still can't 
get to the bottom of it and quite and like i said and i'll say this again i am tired of you showing up to the mastermind call saying well we got another deal done well we've got another deal signed and why i love that for you my jealousy comes into play and like i want that too so obviously you've tapped into something that's extremely great and uh it's very unique uh, from investing in single family so we're going to dive into that in just a minute first thing i want to ask you though you how old your son now he's one he's one okay so my youngest is um oh man 15 months 16 months so we're both going through those teething stages is yours cutting the canines yet yeah so he he was a little bit later whereas our our older daughter seemed to have like a full set of teeth by the time she was 18 months and he's just kind of holding off and it's kind of nice where he just is just like bursting through all of them you know rapid succession (laughs) just like it's almost like hell week but it's might as well just do them all Uh, poor guy but man he'll get over it and not have months of that ahead of him that's good yeah we're uh by the way did you know that humans have canine teeth so i don't know uh, when you said canine i was kind of thinking like the like the carnivore like not the front teeth not the back teeth but like the canines yeah like, it has the little point that i i mean i also revert to them as the the vampire teeth because they're the ones that have yeah. the points right they're there for um at least the scientist tells us that they're there to help uh chew off meat and stuff like that right so they're tear off meat not necessarily chew off meat but tear off meat and i mentioned that in the mastermind the other night and people started laughing at me and i'm like what are y'all laughing at and they're like well you said canines like canine i was like yeah, we have canines. And they're like, no, we don't. So obviously I had to break out the Google and, and show them like, yeah. And this was coming from, from um, people who had kids and people who didn't have kids. And I was like, how do you guys not know about this? You know? Hmm. So that's where we're at with our uh, number three. Got to do canine things with those canine teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tear some meat. <laughs> um, anyway, so you're sleep deprived just a little bit or no it's it's not too bad so um you know our our oldest i feel like everybody goes through like you have a great child then you know they have <laughs> you know different things our first sleep deprived you know still lingering effects of that luckily our son now much better either we got wiser or something but he is maybe 10,000 times better than than our than our first who's three isn't it amazing how kids i mean there's a certain age and it's usually right when they're born you can tell this one's going to have a different personality than the other one and for us it's like we have boy girl girl boys conservative girl in the middle is kamikaze and number three is we're trying to figure out she's the sweetest thing ever um so conservative kamikaze and then sweetie pie, I guess, is what we're going to go with. Um, oh, those are good. But yeah, it's amazing that they have their own different personalities. Anyway, let's. Uh, I got a couple of questions here for you in the ask me anything section of the show, I guess, is what we're going to do here. And these come from members of the community, right? And um, uh, one is from Michael Denman. Michael is actually a member of the Mastermind as well. Uh, he actually runs our book club, uh, which is really cool. I'm so glad he took that off my hands. He is a much better person to do that than I am. 
But he asked the question is how to gauge, how do you gauge profit requirements versus cost and potential cost for single family rentals? Sure. I, I, I gave this one a, yeah, a little bit of thought because I think there's a notion of profit versus ROI. And I'll maybe spin mm. that a little bit differently from cash flow and ROI because some people can be making $2,000 a month cash flow at a 1% ROI where somebody else can come in and be like, yeah, I'm making 150% ROI. And they're, you know, rubbing two dollar mm. bills together because they got a dollar fifty. <laughs> yeah. And so and so I think the question is, yeah, on a on a profit standpoint relative to the capital that you're employing, how do you kind of balance that profit versus risk? And when I it, it's changed a little bit for me. When I first started, my plan was just don't lose money. Just for the love of God, just make, make the ROI zero or up would be fantastic. You know, yeah. besides the, the house hack that I did, like our first investment properties are not great. Like try to HGTV it and they were just terrible. And to this day, I don't know that we'll make money on them. I'm still holding them because I like the buy and hold strategy, but basically just kind of lick the wounds. You get your lessons <laughs> learned. And then I've kind of graduated as I've matured, been around you know, individuals like yourself, Jay, and other people and read books on it, that disproportionate reward to risk is something that I really subscribe to now. And so mm. if you're looking at just a good solid investment, I think like the running annual average is like a 12% cash on cash ROI. I know they say that in bigger pockets, Jay, you kind of preach on that, on, you know, making your money, get at least 12% and kind of That's going where from I there. adopted it from was uh, BP. Yeah. And so Brandon Turner does a fantastic job where he's like, Hey, and he might've just set the standard, right? He could have said 8%. Have. He could have said 6% and people are just gone you think with he it. set the market standard. Like everybody's like, well, that's it. The market and he very well could be, I mean, it's a huge community. Um, obviously I wouldn't be where I'm at today without them, but, um, you think, do you think Brandon set the market on what a, a suitable cash on cash return at, at least for two of us, like for the two of us on this call, I imagine if we're any resemblance of the bell curve that yeah. he did it, where somebody's like, you know what, I could probably get eight, nine percent in the stocks long term. You know, bear in mind none of the amortization, appreciation, or tax benefits that you normally yeah. would with real estate. But somebody's like, look, I just want better than that, and if I can do that, boy, we're in a trifecta. So let's let's do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, so the reason why I brought up sleep deprivation earlier with the kids cutting teeth and stuff is because if I seem a little out of it, I'm a little tired. <laughs> I just realized as you're talking, I was like, why in the hell was I bringing that up? And I was like, oh yeah, it's because I'm tired. And I wanted to throw out a disclaimer and give you an example of why I'm so tired. And I, I worked pretty late last night. But other than that, usually at some point in time, all the kids are in the bed with us at this point in time and, you know, sleeping with multiple kids in the bed and they're punching you in the face and kicking you in places where like, I don't know how, when I'm laying face down that I still get kicked in the nuts by one of my <laughs> kids. I, I just don't know how that happens, but I got up this morning, super exhausted and tired. Uh, I probably got like five hours of sleep and it was self-inflicted right i stayed up and I, I didn't do my miracle morning 
I didn't go to bed at the time I know I'm supposed to go to bed at. And I got up and I got our youngest, everybody else was downstairs except for me and the youngest picked her up, getting ready to go downstairs. And I was like, wait a minute, where's my wedding ring? It was not in the place that I normally put it. I know I took it off last night because I take it off every night before I go to bed. I looked for this thing for two minutes and guess where it was? In the bed? It was on my finger. <laughs> it was on my finger and I'm sitting here thinking, all right, this is going to be a fun day. <laughs> oh man, got to schedule in a nap time. Uh, I, it didn't happen today. I, I am a sucker for an afternoon nap, but today it didn't happen. Uh, I will be going to bed early. We've got a little bit of a trip tomorrow. Um, well, and that, that brings so. up a really interesting point because a lot of people are, I'm too busy to invest in real estate. Yeah. And then when, for your point, Jay, we're like, oh, well, try and throw on young kids and real estate and the W2. And then it doesn't, yeah. look, it doesn't look like you don't have any time anymore. And I know everybody's situation is a little bit different, but that blend of no sleep, throwing your brain fog, not getting the, <laughs> the, you know, probably the good food that you should be doing because you're tired. So I reach for the Cheetos, which is my, Any, whatever's know. quick, right? You just yeah. grab it yeah. and, and go. Yeah. And, and part of this self-inflicting is I'm going through this coaching program um, to create a coaching program and it is just balls to the wall. They're, they're testing me and it's, it's a really good, really good thing, but it's a lot of stuff I've got to do. And, um, but you're right for people who want to invest and have kids and have a full-time job, they think they don't have time. Right. And part of what I'm coming up with is to address that, you know, everybody's got time. It's, it's just, hard though. Boy, is it hard? Yeah. Yeah. But you've done it. I've done it. There are almost 50 people in the mastermind that, uh, that are doing it. Some of them are already, you know, they've graduated, so to speak from the W2 world and, and now doing it. Uh, real estate investing full time. So, um, but yeah, it, there is a way to do it. It's just a whole mindset thing of, I don't have time. Mm -hmm. Okay. How much time do you spend watching Netflix? How much time do you spend watching football? Right. We're in the middle of football season. And, um, you know, I, I was listening to um, Patrick, Bet David guy, who, the book we're going through this, this month in the book club. And he was talking about, you know, on Sunday, on any typical Sunday, there are 13 hours of football. He goes, and I, I used to be guilty of this. I would, when I played fantasy football, I mean, I played fantasy football so much that I put it on my job resume at one point in time. Now, the job was for the Atlanta Falcons, which they didn't call, right? But I put it on my resume one time because I thought it may impress them. It did not. And, uh, but I used to be the guy, I'd wake up, I would love it when they were playing in Europe because that means they started at eight o'clock and that just fed in right into the, my entire day. I was sitting on the couch watching football, doing absolutely nothing but being lazy. And when, when Patrick bet David said that it was uh, 13 hours, I was like, damn, how much lost productivity did I lose from those years of just sitting there and watching TV right now? I don't watch football at all uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, it's, everybody has the time. They just have it prioritized differently. Right. I would agree. Yeah. I think it's, I was in the same boat. Like I, I think I would consider myself an, an addict and I don't want to do it disservice <laughs> to those that would actually be going through, you know, maybe right. some things with drugs I know or what alcohol, you mean, yeah. but like, 
when I get onto something, I get just literally obsessed with it. So fantasy sports, whether it was, you know, Texas Hold'em when the craze was going on, <laughs> whether it's like a video game, like I, like I get so like addicted to it that once you kind of switch the addiction from those things that weren't really a multiplier or an adder yeah. to life to now like, oh, now I'm addicted to audiobooks. Now I'm addicted yeah. to yeah, yeah. morning yeah. smoothies or waking up, you know, super early. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just what a wonderful difference, just changing what you're, what you're addicted to can be. Yeah. I, uh, I was looking back. I, I have a hat somewhere. I, I don't know where it is. The kids come in and make my office their own. And that's why the camera only shows like halfway up, but, um, I have a world series of poker hat where I went to Vegas and played in the world series. Now it was not the main event. It was a thousand dollar buy-in and, um, I placed like 300 and something place. It was in the top 300 of an event, not in the money or anything like that. Uh, but as we're going there, I went there with my, my boss at the time and his son and, and one of his buddies, we're walking in the main hall and this huge, have you ever been out there? Have you ever been to Vegas or been, been to Vegas? Yeah. Been, have you ever, did you ever play in a huge poker tournament or anything like that? Nope. Nope. So, um, we're walking in this hall. I mean, there's thousands of people in this, right. Or I think there was 1200 people in the event. So we're walking in this hall and, and I, one of the guys I'm with says something, I turn around and then not looking where I'm going, I'm talking to them and I turn back around and I run into Chris Moneymaker and I like to the point, I almost knocked him over and he's, he's not a, he's a short guy, but he's not a small guy. You know what I mean? So I was like, I was uh, like shocked, uh, shell shocked or whatever you call it. When you see a celebrity that anyway, lost my, we ended up, uh, I ended up having a really good run after the tournament was over and uh playing inside games and stuff like that that just basically paid for my trip and my admission fee so basically i went to vegas for free love it but it's amazing how i know that i mean that was my addiction right i mean you're absolutely right about what you can and can't do and and how you're uh you're placing that stuff with audiobooks and being around just having conversations like this what did it do for you Anyway, we're yeah. getting way off topic. <laughs> we try to circle circles back around. So uh, another question from the community, Bo, uh, Bo, I'm going to butcher your last name. Goebel, G-O-E-B-E-L, Goebel. Bo Goebel. All right, Bo's got two questions. Uh, where is the best place to market for lease to own, mm. lease to own properties? And so when you, and I was thinking about that and I didn't get a chance to get clarification when he says best place to market, which I imagine isn't like a region like the Southeast or the South. I think he's looking more for like Zillow, Craigslist, yeah. Facebook. Yeah. The way and I so, read that is, Hey, I've got a market. I want to, I mean, I've got a property. I want to lease it on it. Where do I advertise for that? Right. Yep. So I would say in order of success that we've had, it was Zillow number one, okay. Facebook number two craigslist number three and then having your own personal network of people mm. that you know bankers real estate agents folks that are specifically looking for that is kind of like an indirect marketing thing that essentially we've you know modeled as our entire business 
um, you know, not really knowing that, but yeah, if you have an existing home, you know, that is that you're doing lease options for those would be the three that I'm doing the most. So Zillow number one, which Zillow gets a lot of crap, right? They kept, and I am guilty of it too, because of, um, the property we're in now, we tried to get refinancing at one point in time and I called several banks. We ended up going just to the bank that we, that has our original mortgage to do a cash out refinance, but I called several banks and one of the banks that I called on the phone, they said, well, your Zillow says your house is worth X. And I was like, are you? fucking quote me Zillow, right? Excuse me. I'm trying not to do that podcast. Are you freaking quoting me Zillow right now? I think is what I told the rep, you know? And I was like, I'm trying not to cuss on the podcast anymore. There was a lady in the community says that told me that her son starting to listen to the podcast and recognizes my voice and all that stuff. I was like, yeah, I, that's good to know. <laughs> but Zillow catches a lot of, of flank, flack, but you're saying that for least owns, it's actually a good place to advertise. Yeah. So, and Zillow's recently came out with like how many properties you can put on it. And so it's different per state. So like Minnesota, you can only have one listing for free. And then after that, it's $9 and 99 cents in our area to have multiple listings. And so you used to be able to list everything on there, you know, and and you get a lot of people. So I'm kind of curious in the neck, in the near future, what that's going to do if people stop listing on Zillow or if it now mm-hmm. becomes like a premium site where you know only serious candidates and properties yeah. are available because if it's no longer available, they're going to pull that thing down as fast as they can. So it's, yeah, it's kind of an interesting strategy from Zillow, but that was historically, you know, what we have done, but yeah. And then after that Facebook marketplace, there always seems to be people looking for something there. Very cool. Very cool. What are your, uh, so follow up question from Bo is what are, what are your biggest keys to success? And, and, you know, give maybe the top two or three. And I know there's a lot, you put a lot of hard work into this set your rent, uh, concept, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, but what are your biggest keys to success you would share with someone doing their first lease to own? Right. And, and if, so not buying a lease to own, but selling on a lease to own is what I'm assuming because there's, that there's all, I'm, yeah. Cause it, yeah. Cause there's programs out there where just like owner financing, you can do a sandwich lease option where you buy it. You, you, you know, you see a hundred thousand dollar, hundred thousand dollar property. You say, Hey, what if I just gave you $500 a month with the option mm-hmm. to buy it at a hundred thousand dollars and then they'll go around and wholesale that and be like, Oh, Mr. Tenant buyer. How about I rent it to you for $750 a month at $110,000 and they basically just sandwich it. So assuming that you're wow. on, on the back end of it. Yeah. So that's like a, how to control it without owning it and not having your name on any bank. So there's, you know, a little bit of that. That's a, that's a whole nother side. That's a whole nother episode, man. But yeah, I mean. <laughs> but that's, that's more along the whole wholesaling lines, but the biggest yeah. things on looking for, least to own people are people that actually need it. And mm. and I'll qualify that, you know, maybe as number one, where if you're trying to protect yourself, money talks. So how much of an option fee you charge is probably your biggest risk mitigation. If you let somebody into a lease to own with zero money down, the odds of them exercising that option or going through with it, you know, are about as slim as a renter wanting to buy your house you know, mm. afterwards, which still does happen, but there's no statistics for it. 
Or if yeah. you charge them 10 grand as an option fee to lock in their purchase price and the exclusive right to buy that home, if it appreciates, depreciates, whatever, I'm not going to walk away for 10 grand. Like I'm going to exercise my <laughs> option and sell it or do something to try yeah. to recoup that. You know, so that being number one, we, we started off doing our first lease option completely the worst way you could do it. Learned about <laughs> lease options. It was like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever, right? Instead of <laughs> rentals, we can do lease options. We can put all the work on the tenant buyers. We'll just act like a bank, $100,000 house. We put like 10 grand into it, thought it was worth about 150. So got somebody to, you know, and when I say got someone, so we're not helping someone, we got someone, you know, in gotcha. marks where we were really not trying to help them. And they were professional, like con artists. So we didn't really do our screening the right way, mm. but we got somebody, we saw the dollar figures only had one month's, you know, deposit on there and just kind of thought, Oh, this will make everything go away. Ended up having to evict them. And it, it was, it was the entry to lease options on how to do everything wrong. But you went through that and you still came back and said, no, I want more. Right. And now you're up to what? 24, 25 for your, the set to rent mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Cause that's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's right. So I feel like it was just like problem, pivot, problem, pivot, problem, pivot. Gotcha. And then that's, that's kind of how we ran with it. Very cool. So what you're saying there is make sure there's somebody that you can help and solve their problem versus somebody who may try to, uh, that you can get right. Or you can get them to lease the house, lease the home. Yep. I, uh, so one, one of our very first dances, uh, and trying to get involved in real estate once we were in Pensacola, we found a condo and convinced the sellers, uh, to do this, to at least own it. And we were going to use it for a vacation rental. I mean, it's a condo. It overlooks the water, looks, overlooks the marina whatnot. We told them we were very upfront. Look, we'll pay you. I think it was 1200 bucks a month. And then anything over that we got to keep, right? Well, three months into the deal, it was working great. Uh, things were happening. The place was staying booked. We had, it was, we were using it for short-term rental client, um, tenants were happy. People visiting, were getting great reviews. And then the owners get a letter from the HOA saying, Hey, we want to point out that in this section of the HOA, our association does not allow for short-term rentals. And, you know, it was funny. I I got so upset. I was like, what, how's this not, you know, how did this not come up? We were very forthcoming in what we're going to use this for. And they even gave us a copy of the HOA documents. It's not in there. It's not in there. Sure enough, after I cooled off and went back and read it, it is clearly written in black and white and it's right oh, there. And no. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So what are our options? You know, and we went through options, talked to a lawyer. Uh, we wanted to get it changed, which in order to get something changed in an HOA in Florida, you have to have, uh, for the most part, you have to have two thirds vote of the ownership to change it, which is almost an unsurmountable task. So we ended up giving it back to the owners. Um, you know, our, the very nice couple, um, they ended up eventually selling it whatnot, but didn't keep us on the hook 
you know, they were so nice. They were like, yeah. look, we didn't know this, or we didn't know we've had friends come down and stay this, you know, when we weren't there and, and all this, because it's kind of a ridiculous rule for that HOA, blah, blah, blah. But the point of y'all telling this story is if there's, a, if it's in an HOA, make sure that you dive into those HOA documents because HOAs can, um, I mean, there's some that the previous neighborhood we lived in, your blinds and your curtains or your window coverings, whatever faced the road had to be a certain color. Like they were, they were very strict. There were, you couldn't have any signs outside your yard. You couldn't have any flags on your prop, like uh, hanging off your property. Um, it was very, it's the bureaucracy that I do not want. Yeah. I want to uh, even wrestle with. I'll give it to them. The standard of the neighborhood. I mean, it was very good. It's very clean, very well kept. There was no, it was very uniform. There was no creativity. It was just, you know, cookie cutter. Um, <laughs> but anyway, if you're, if you're listening to this and you try to do a lease option on a property that is involved with the HOA, not only do you get a copy of the HOA documents, but you actually read them. You know, you actually go through them and, and make sure you understand you mean, every word. You, you, in don't, it. you don't just read them like I do. I just read for what I want to read. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> well, that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see paragraph this and this paragraph, and then I don't need to see the rest. I saw what I needed to see. <laughs> apparently, that's what we did. That's uh, apparently well, that's what we did. So, um, I don't know. We we were very lucky to be able to get to that. I don't tell that story a lot. Um, I don't know why. I mean, it's I guess because it's such a short one. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but be careful about that. All right. So another question from Bo, do you use wraparound mortgages and what are the, what are some of the pros and cons of wrapping around? And just so for my sake and for everybody's sake, who doesn't know what a wraparound mortgage is, what, how do you define that? What, what is a wraparound mortgage? So I would not be the best person to talk with this. And so okay. I'll, I'll probably defer. So, you know, from generally having contracts, you know, offered or done different things, but I stay away from wraparound mortgages because we just do it a little bit differently. So okay. they can probably get a little bit better on, on that one advice elsewhere. If so I basically deflect. you, you, you've, you don't have any experience. Not on the wraparound mortgage for gotcha. the single families. So I love that you're um, applying a rule of the mastermind <laughs> to that question, <laughs> yeah. which, which what I'm talking about uh, is for the folks who are listening and watching and is when we're in the mastermind, we're on a mastermind call and somebody asks a question similar to that nature is that you can't answer the question if you don't have experience based on what they're asking about. You cannot say, well, I read this about, X or I've heard this about X on a podcast. That's not what the mastermind's about. So you're applying that rule, which I appreciate very much. Sorry. I can't be more help. (laughs) All right, Bo, we're going to have to Google uh, wraparound mortgages and come back to you on that one. Yeah. There's a whole Uh, podcast on wraparound mortgages. So I'm sure like there's probably multiple, right? Where it's just Mm -hmm. how to use it. whatnot. Um, All right. So I grabbing this sheet of paper, Yes, I did print this off. <laughs> I saw that. I was so, like, what What are you doing? I've never seen somebody printed it off before. I didn't print it off. <laughs> so I, I, am, uh, I, want, I want to improve things here on the podcast. And I've been watching a couple of guys and taking notes from them. And the guys who have 
tons of subscribers. They, they all do this one thing. They have notes in front of them, printed off, and it's very easy for them to go through. So that's what I'm doing. Plus, I am a, I am a paper and pencil kind of guy, or paper and pen. I've got three different paper notebooks right here, all for something separate. You would never know that I had a degree in computer science. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, I don't know. There's something about it. Um, for our trip tomorrow, we're going to look at a property. I've printed off everything, and it's in this little binder that I'm taking with me even though it's electronically on my phone already. Um, but anyway, so I want to talk about something that I feel like you are, and you're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong, that you're the godfather of this whole thing that you have created, right? That you kind of figured this out. And we're talking about this whole set your rent concept. So before we kind of dive into this and walk, walk me through this, um, uh, investment opportunity we're going to call it a mini franchise we're going to use air quotes um what is set your rent what does that mean for us it is slowly trying to privatize the banking industry so we're so we're serving two ends of the spectrum investors and people that want to get a low interest loan the problem is in the middle, it gets really messy because investors that own like apartment buildings are all, you know, usually all investors and you have all renters. And then you get large banks backed by Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, or community credit banks. You know, they have money getting, you know, it federally backed at a lower interest rate that if you have a 680 credit score, you meet all the income, then you get that. But then yeah. there's the people trying to move between the chasms that really we feel like if you just privatize the whole thing that might be a better kind of overall so that that's kind of like the the large big picture um area of kind of how i conceptualize it is that any investor can buy any home for any person that wants to leverage money and have a mortgage on it and why can't the investor and that tenant buyer come to an agreement on down payment percentages and that's essentially what we're doing. So there is no bank involved in your process. We will try to use banks if we can, because we will be leveraging the lowest interest rate that we can. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So I so, yeah, I can I can take a little bit of another stab at it if you want, but Matt, you know, and this is, this is, this is me. I'm trying to understand this because again, you, you seem to be killing it with this whole concept uh that you started i mean you're winning awards i mean you're you're in um uh north dakota right south mm -hmm. dakota why don't i know this <laughs> it's it, where's, it's where's because my wedding they, ring? we're in the dakotas <laughs> the north, dakotas the, i started to go there i was like no adam's gonna pick it up is that I it don't is know. it is north dakota though north yeah. dakota all right so i was right with the, the first yep. of it all right um but you're, you're winning awards in North Dakota. You're on TV. You're, you're being exposed for, uh, you've, you know, just creating this whole business around it. So I think there's something there. I just, I can't wrap my tiny little brain around it. So um, walk me through. All right. So say I am a buyer, right? I want to buy this home. I found this home. Um, how do I, why would I come to you versus going to a bank? So the number one thing that we do is try to turn people away from us, which 
you know, essentially, Jay, now that you've, you know, had the ability to do, le- well, uh, I was going to say, why would you do that? But you may yeah, so, that here in just a minute. Sure. So like, you know, Jay, now that you maybe don't have the quote unquote W2 job, when you get your 2020 taxes, you might look different on paper. And so let's say you were <laughs> looking to go buy another property, you might go to your local bank credit union and they'd be like, well, let's just wait till your 2021 taxes come in before we pre-approve you, right? Whereas That's a real world scenario that happens, by the way. That has yeah. already happened for me. And so <laughs> when you're like, well, I want, I want to get into a home, what other options do I have? And people just shake their head, right? Like if I, if I can't yeah. do this, what am I going to do? Get all cash? Am I going to get hard money for a mortgage? I'm not going to do that. Which is expensive, right? Right. So, so what we're kind of doing is like, okay, well, there, there are individuals who have a W-2 that the bank sees as very safe. So, you know, for example, your fellow coworkers that are still potentially, you know, working away, the bank sees them as very bankable because they got a 750 credit score. They got the W-2 income. So like, well, I'll loan, I'll loan to that person, but I won't loan to Jay. Whereas I would look at the situation like, I don't need to basically look other than just verify that Jay, if I bought you a home and charged you 7% interest, that I would have any concern. And there's people Mm -hmm. that are sitting with a bunch of money that don't want to put it into a 0.2% savings market because they're at 60 (laughs) years old and their money market's doing nothing, but they don't want to go into the stocks and a five-year CD does about nothing. So you get all those people, you're like, hey, what if we'll call it, we'll call it Randy. Randy, what if I could say you can get 7% on your money while helping Jay get into a home? And he would say Mm. 7%, I would love that. And so essentially we would make that transaction happen where we're just connecting the money with someone that's not able to do it and they could do it all cash. Or if they're a W2 employee, they'll go get a commercial loan themselves you know, get 80% of the financing and then, you know, pony up 20% or like we do get private money for the other 20%. So we don't have to come in with cash on anything. And I feel like that's just a good pairing where we're just connecting A to B. Gotcha. So they get the, so the uh, W2 employee would get a commercial loan because it's a uh, rental property. Uh, mm-hmm. that's it. So we're talking about single families, but tying a commercial loan to that single family. Uh, okay. And you could, you, you could do it in your own personal name. There's nothing wrong with it. We, yeah, that's just the way that we would do it. Yeah. There's, there's some risk tolerance questions there and asset protection things that, um, if you, if anybody's curious to do that or wants to explore to do that, just make sure you're aware and talk to your attorney and, and with this whole package that you've put together, the mini franchise opportunity, again, do you all offer that guidance? Do you have a legal team that, somebody can talk to like if i'm interested in in being part of this how does it how does it work right because you're starting to, i i'm starting the light bulb is turning on for me i wouldn't say it's bright but now and you've probably said those exact same words to me over and over over again uh but now i'm starting to understand it and realize the power behind it because it's it's pretty incredible but before you answer that question let me ask you this so privatizing the banking industry right? I mean, the, the banks, bank is a four letter word for a reason. I hate dealing with them. Uh, underwriters. I feel like those are the people who are just in this room that are not allowed to come out. They have no soul and they they're slid food underneath the door to just do more and more. Right. Um, I mean, literally I, 
I have yelled at my loan officer before and telling her that, Hey, either you have everything you need because this is now the fourth time you've come to me to ask for additional information or we're walking away from this deal. And, uh, my wife, and this was a personal residence. My wife was really upset that I did that. Um, cause it basically said, we're going to walk away from this house. Magically, the underwriter found everything that he needed you know, or <laughs> she needed he or she, whatever the case is. Um, but do you think, do you think you can make a big enough blip on the privatizing on the bank's radar to make them change, make them shift in the way they do business? I don't think I would be changing the way that they do business because if you're government backed, you're probably going to get the lowest interest rates you're ever going to get. I just envision in the lifetime of myself that you go and you look, Hey, I want a mortgage. Not only do I have government backed banking options that are my lowest interest rate, you got VAs, you got FHAs, but I think there should be just an open market platform that just says, Hey, here's my down payment. Here's my information. It's somewhat secured in the middle. Who is willing to buy me a house? I'll give you 3%, 5%, 6%, 7%, 8%, 9%, whatever the number that you name. And why can't those two people, almost like a March Madness playoff bracket, <laughs> where you got all yeah. these people on one side inputting yeah. what they want. You get everybody on the right side being like, you know what, if I could just get 4% for two years and then Jay can refinance with a different bank, you know what, that sounds pretty good to me. And if you look really good to someone, maybe you can get the lowest interest rate, but maybe you don't look so good. So you need a higher down payment or you have a higher interest rate, but at least you're building equity and you're not just throwing away your money on rent. Nothing against those that want to rent, but for those that want home ownership, paying yeah. almost any kind of interest is better than just straight up renting. Yeah. I don't know that there's anybody who wants to rent is actually listening to the podcast. I think we're safe there. Sure. I, don't, I don't know. It may, maybe they're, you know, doing what I wanted to do. Uh, and my wife said, uh, no way we're going to have our own space because we have our own kids is I wanted to rent somewhere so that we can take whatever, um, equity we had or value that we had and go buy more rental properties. But she was like, no, we're, we're getting our own place. And, uh, I am thankful that she brings that reason to my world. So, <laughs> um, but you said something there about it's a two-year turnaround sometimes. I know that the terms vary, but what's the average? Like if I am the, the money guy, if I'm coming in, I'm going to provide you with some money, you being Randy who wants to buy a house. Um, what are the typical terms? What do they typically look like uh, from that perspective? Sure. So for as much as we can control, we're trying to set both parties up for success. What we're right. seeing if you search rent to own, number one, you'll just get like for sale by owner, which doesn't help. Right. But then you'll also get those <laughs> that list their property on Zillow or Craigslist or Facebook. Um, they're like, yep, you know, it's a contract for deed or a lease option. You got one year to get your credit or get a bank. If not, you lose all your money. And so many people are like, yep, I can fix my credit score in 12 months. And they, <laughs> and they seem so intentions. And so that bothers the H-E double yeah. hockey sticks. If I'm, if I'm, yeah, <laughs> no, you up. can say it. That's fine. You know, that yeah. really bothers me because then we get people coming to us be like, you know, I got in this thing. I thought I was going to do it, but you know, I couldn't quite do it because 
it always takes twice as long, just like a construction project, it takes longer. So we've set yeah. ours up that we'll, if it's a contract for deed, which is a more of a sale, we won't go anything less than five years fixed rate amortized over 20 years or 25 years. If okay. it's a lease option, we'll make them sign at least a three, if not a five year option agreement that gives them enough time because the last thing that I'm going to do is kick someone out of a house unless yeah. they're not making payments because <clears throat> there's no reason that you should just be able to extend the time. And so what we're trying to do is give both parties like, Hey, you got five years, figure it out. If you can't figure it out in five years, you know, something's probably off, but within five years, you should have built up enough equity difference that you can just, you know, sell the home and be out of it anyways, if you didn't want to refinance with the bank loan. Yeah, because when you when you enter into that type of agreement, you set the sales price then, right? Hey, I'm going to buy this property from you at, let's say, two hundred thousand, right? And then so you've been paying, you've been paying. Um, the the money guy can't come to you later and say, well, actually this pro this property is now worth two fifty. The price is now two fifty. Like the price is at two hundred. Right. That's right. So okay. you, I mean, you can put almost anything you want in an option <clears throat> agreement, right? but typically it's, here's a fixed rate. Maybe they add like one or 2% appreciation onto it Okay. where you can say, Hey, anything above that is yours, but we're going to just generally, we just want to see one or 2% for five years gotcha. um, that you could add on so that you're kind of sharing that. But to the same point, you know, what's stopping the person from just selling it, right? Because unless you file your option agreement at the county, there's really no way to kind of cloud the title. Whereas gotcha. if you file a contract for deed at the county, they're going to see that. And so, you know, you can work out different escrow agreements to basically, you know, protect both parties in the situation. Gotcha. Yeah. And you, you need, I love you. You're getting in the weeds on this a little bit. Um, Cause it helps me understand how legal it is and how it's not just something you created and putting together and you've convinced a bunch of people to do the wrong thing. I mean, it's actually like legal transactions that are happening and are filed with the, the County. Um, and I don't think you would be the kind of person to do that anyway, but uh, it's, I don't know. It's just mind blowing. And I think I've said this before, cause you, you asked me when we very first started talking about this, about what you were thinking about doing. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, it's a little bold strategy for me. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know, Cotton. We're gonna see where this goes. And now you're on uh, number twenty-four, and I'm like, all right. There's some. There's some. You've got some ground underneath <laughs> you. Let's let's see. Let's have a real conversation about this. So, <clears throat> if if I'm the money guy, and let's just say Randy stops paying, right? And not only did I provide the 20% down in this scenario, I provided 20% down. I got a loan from a bank, right? Randy is my, um, is he considered a tenant? Uh, we call them tenant buyers. It helps. Cover. Tenant buyers. Okay. So Randy is my tenant buyer. Randy stops paying, right? He's been very unresponsive. Um, what are my, do I try to evict him or it, because, I don't know. Is that the process that you go through? You try to go to victim because yeah. in the end, the bank's looking at me, the money guy and saying, Hey, you got to pay regardless if Randy does or not. Right. You got it. So okay. if I am selling 
a home, I try to sell on lease options because lease options work like an eviction. And most states evictions are easier than what I call an agreement for deed or a contract for deed or a land contract, depending on what state you are. That is more often seen as potentially closer to a foreclosure. Okay. So if you did a contract for deed and you're like, oh, I got to foreclose on you in North Dakota, it's like, oh, well, guess what? You got to wait six months for them to catch up and then they're out. Whereas an eviction is like three weeks. So if I'm buying, I'd like to buy an agreement for deed because it takes that much longer to get me out. If I'm selling, I want to sell on lease options because on a lease option, you can still depreciate the asset. Whereas a contract for deed, you cannot. Gotcha. Okay. Just from a tax piece. So... All right. It's interesting. (laughs) It is interesting. So how, so you're the guy who's just out there marketing to uh, people who have money and people who want to buy a home, but can't get approved through traditional means. And basically you're making the connection, you're making the deal happen. Yep. I've heard you say, and you've posted several things in in the mastermind and in the community uh, that you're in the closing, you're at the closing table, but why are you at the closing table? Yeah, it's that's a good question. I now, now, now that you answer it, it's probably just to take a video, let them see me face to face because we haven't, almost like a bank, we haven't been in any of the properties that we've bought, which is mm. very weird because now we're not investing in properties, we're investing in people. Yeah, which is a you know a so different. You, you don't do home inspections or uh, anything so, like that. So the tenant buyer pays for gotcha. the home inspection. We just get to see a copy, and there hasn't been one where they're like, yeah, I want to move forward with this. We're like, hey, there's structural issues. We're not going to do this. Like usually they're smart enough to be like, well, I want them to fix the structural issues. I want them to fix this. And then it's almost just like a, you know, another layer of negotiations. And then if they do that, okay, great. Then we proceed forward. If they don't, they walk away just like you were a normal home shopping with a mortgage. Gotcha. Okay. That's freaking brilliant, man. Um, All right. So, you mentioned something earlier, different counties have different statues. States have different statues, right? Different laws. Uh, and if you get into this kind of concept, you need, if you're listening and watching, you need to consult your attorneys to figure out what um, fits for your county and for your state. But with that being said, you had, Adam, you have launched, uh, and we're using many franchises in air quotes, because we don't know if this is an actual franchise or, what? Why, why are we using air quotes? Tell me. <laughs> well, tell me. I, I think it's because you scared me. I think it's oh. like, I think I, I was, because that's what I was calling. It. I was like, okay, we have this idea. Somebody's like, hey, I really like your idea. Can I do that in my area? And I'm like, oh, yeah. well, we weren't going to be in your area anyways. They're like, well, so how would that work? And we're like, well, what if we just give you the blueprint, coach you, show you everything that we do, and then we kind of just share in the profits, but they're doing their own mm. thing. I was like, boy, that's, Sure sounds like a franchise, but however it looks on paper <laughs> yeah. should not look like a franchise because then we got to do a lot more like FDD disclosures yeah. and all like the PPMs yeah. that you would do for a syndication, like similar things. So it's just like we're consultants is probably the the more accurate term, but mini franchise just makes way more sense. Yeah, no, it, it it's a, a marketing term, right? So don't get, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this and, or, or watching, don't get hung up on, you're going to have to go through this whole process of FDD and discovery day and all this other stuff that happens with franchises. Uh, you're not going to have to do that 
uh, whole process and, and, and whatnot. But I am curious to, to this. So you're in North Dakota. Where all do you have these uh, mini franchises uh, located currently? Wisconsin, and then the Florida guy took Florida and Ohio. But I'll admit that, like this is, that, like this is kind of like the cutting edge piece of it, right? Where we're just like, oh, we got properties: North Dakota, Minnesota, Oklahoma, Illinois, one in North Carolina coming up. So we like we didn't. It's just all referrals so far. They're just like, hey, gotcha. I gotta. And then so when somebody's like, hey, if I just took this mile radius, would that work? And you know, hey, we're gonna give you something and promise you in these returns. And it's, it's better to have a percent of something than hundred percent of nothing is yeah. the, kind of the famous quote. So we just kind of yep. said, yep. And eventually, yeah, we probably have to tighten those things up. If we go through <laughs> it, it'll be way more formal, but with more formal comes more expensive, which I don't like. I'm more so yeah. just a, let's try this out. And you know, if we're no good, then that means they're going to be no good, which means that we have no business trying to offer this out formally. So this is why the mini franchise, if we can get, two, three, four people to be like, Hey, I started this in my area. I did the exact same thing they did in the Midwest and it works here. Mm. Then I'm, then I'm that much closer to privatizing the banking industry gotcha. or at least proving it as legit. Cause right now it's like, well, they can do it in their area, but what about my area? So that's what we're mm. kind of trying to prove. Gotcha. So if I wanted to sign up for this, right. You mentioned there's profit sharing. Is there anything out of pocket? Like I have to do, I had to pay for to kind of sign up for your program and it, you mentioned the guy in Florida took all of Florida. Is that like all of Florida or is that like? Yeah. So right now it is like, <laughs> it, it's like not an exclusive, like, Hey, he, he owns this and nobody okay. else can go into it. Where's but he located by the way? See, he's not in Pensacola, is he? <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is not. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, realizing we're like, oh yeah, that doesn't mean anything, right? North Dakota, we got what, 500,000 people, me and my brothers and sisters. And they're like, oh, yeah. Florida and Ohio, that's like a 10th of the country. And I was yeah. like, didn't, didn't quite, didn't quite do the math on that one. But for, for now, like kudos for him for, for kind of reaching yeah. out. But yeah, it was like, hey, you're going to give us, you know, basically kind of like a franchise fee. And then the goal is we're going to give you all this stuff. And then we're going to, you know, do some sort of share so that we only get serious people that want to yeah. actually own this. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have those uh, filtrations in place. Otherwise everybody listening and watching and finding you are going to be like, Oh yeah, I want to do that. And then when you ask for money, they're like, Hey, I don't. That's so it's a good, it's a good filtration. What kind of price point are we talking about to get, to get started? So when, you know, number one, I would say you can just do this yourself. You don't need, you know, you don't need us. Um, I, I have a lot of projects going on. Personally, <laughs> I have a lot of projects going on right now. I don't, anyway, I know that's not so, your, yes, what you're so, talking about. Yeah, so, so my favorite thing would be for everyone listening to try it out to see if it works in their area is list their existing home as a rent to own, lease option, contract for deed, whatever terminology. Did this twice, moved twice, trying to convince my wife to move out of this house. She does not want to do that. It is, it is, that is my super hack of how to get into this. Cause then you list it at a price and a down payment that you are willing to move. If somebody's going to give me $3,000 mm. a month and $40,000 as a down payment, I will move tomorrow. Right. And so you <laughs> put that price right there. Right. And if nobody bites, what, what did you, you know, you took 30 minutes to put it on Zillow and yeah. you got nothing. Okay, great. If somebody says, yes, that ROI is phenomenal. 
And so yeah. maybe test it out, see if there is a demand. Then if there's a demand for your house, there's a demand in general. And so then I would say, number one, just try to do it yourself. You don't need us. But then number two, if, you, if you're like, hey, I kind of want to know the legal stuff and what, you know, all the pros and cons and what you've done. We kind of offer two different things where one will just coach you, you know, and that's like in the, you know, four or five figures. But, it, and then there's the, hey, let's do this together, you know, which is in the five figures. And then there's somebody yeah. that's like, hey, this market is ripe for it. Can you just do this all for me in my area? <laughs> and I just, you know, then, then that, you know, gets even beyond that where somebody's like, Hey, open this up in, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, and just run it everything. And I just want some sort of split, but I'm going to give you, you know, 70 grand of working capital to do the marketing, get this up. And I just want, you know, some return in the future for however many of these that you do. And, realizing there could be like three different tiers of we'll kind of teach you show you or do it for you type model gotcha very cool i like it man i i am uh i guess we need to have a uh off-air conversation about <laughs> is florida locked down or or what the case is yeah <clears throat> totally um, not not my intention of like you said no. when we're on this ask, ask me anything you're like oh you know we got some questions i was kind of preparing like why single families are way better than the multi so i can rub it in everyone else's faces <laughs> and then they can come back and like counter punch and be like you're just playing yeah. with small pawns and i'm like i'm turning my pawns into queens and then use all kinds of chess analogies <laughs> to try to win over the people to get out of multifamily into single family because i felt like a lone duck when I came in the, in the mastermind. <laughs> so I'm just going to beat them with results. You know, there, we have a good mix now and, um, you know, the, uh, multifamily call is limited. Uh, it's the most limited call that we have as far as availability. I mean, it filled up in the first couple of, couple of days of announcing this whole expansion thing or whatnot. But, uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to say sound like a liar because I am going to look at an opportunity tomorrow. <laughs> um, but there's, there's a lot of single family folks coming in uh, into the mastermind too. And, you know, you said something earlier before we were recording about how um, when you found me, you felt like I was a, ma a multifamily guy and I am, I mean, we have far more units in multifamily than we do in single family, but um I am, I am curious on, it just tells me something about my messaging. I've got to change it because we, there are so many different ways to make money in real estate. Um, you know, this year I did my first private money loan. Um, you know, what you've created with this set your rent concept is something totally new. You know, one of a big, uh, buzzword for the last couple of years has been the Burr strategy, which that's always been around, but people called it, you know, now started calling it Burr. Uh, it, there's just a lot of different ways you can make real money in real estate and not just like coins. I'm talking about actual dollars. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's good stuff. Good stuff. So quite a diverse group in the mastermind. Uh, yeah, and, it, sure. and it's fun how much you learn. Like, yeah, it's fun to geek out over single family because it's the greatest according to our call, but you know, <laughs> what, what you yeah. can learn from others when they're like, Hey, I'm doing this multifamily <clears throat> inspection or I'm lending money you know, like you said, like the multi-nature, the cross-pollination where you yeah. kind of, you know, drill into what you're good at, but then get exposed to other strategies so that you're like, oh, I'm going to take that little 
hammer and I'm going to put it in my tool belt <laughs> and I'm going to take that little pliers, and, yeah. but I'm still going to do my single family thing, but I'm just yep. going to you know, kind of be aware of the other things going on. Yep. Yep. That's good. And I hear you throwing out those jabs to uh, push the other guys to, to come on and talk about why their niche is the best investing yep. vehicle for, for real estate. So uh, I hear it. I hear it. And I think you, when we first did the, um, the group, recording where we introduced all of y'all you uh you threw down a gauntlet there you're like hey let's come back and and uh a couple months to talk about why our niche is the best right so we got to get that lined up we got to get yeah i'm just a competitive person so i want to do it i I fully expect to lose (laughs) but i just want to compete yeah and we know this because of your hawaii hat that you had on uh (laughs) from that episode so uh something about bar olympics i think was the phrase that you used (laughs) good stuff uh all right adam we we've been chatting for over an hour uh it's amazing how quickly time goes uh when we talk about this stuff I want to, I want to personally thank you for explaining this to me one more time. Um, I I would say the, uh, the ball got moved down the field tremendously versus where it was before. Uh, I have a little bit better idea about this, this PDF that I have, I grabbed it off of your, uh, social media feed, uh, from Facebook. Is there a place if people are interested in this whole mini franchise, uh, opportunities. Is there a place where they can go find that or, or just connect with you? I mean, I know you have set your rent, mm-hmm. but is that for, that's mainly for uh, tenant buyers, right? Yeah. So you kind of caught us like we, we have not uh, maybe, maybe done the best job at actually marketing this. Like we've, yeah. we've tried Google and Facebook ads to like tenant buyers and we've never tried to target towards investors. But to, to your point, if they want to find anything about it, we'll make sure that it's on, you know, setyourrent.com. There's an investors tab and okay. I'll make sure that it's on there. Cause there's a little investors. I was, I was checking it out here before we go on. There is a little um, point that you can click on there and get that PDF now. Okay. Very cool. Sorry. I didn't mean to catch you there. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. Like it's, you kind of, you know, we've, we've always been told like, Hey, if you share your message more, like, you know, you, you probably get a lot more interest, but luckily what we're trying to do is just take care of 10 on one side, 10 on the other side, like investors and tenant buyers. And so far we've gotten, you know, besides one person that we didn't buy a home for that thinks that we're the devil, everyone else (laughs) has given us a (laughs) five-star review, which, you know, we always felt if we could build it on a strong foundation where we have 10 investors and 10 happy homeowners, that okay now we're legit it used to just be one and one now it's 10 and 10 i hope i don't have to change the number but now we're like okay (laughs) these these people and the video testimonials that they give us on the youtube are are well worth it nice that's a 90 that's over a 95 percent approval rating that's pretty good man that's uh you know what so our that's our motto is i will never tell someone no i Mm. make them tell me no and by that i mean if somebody looks terrible on paper okay, you need 30% down. Make them say no. And turns out some people will say yes and surprise you. Yeah, that's, that's good. I, um, yeah, I like it. I like it. You know, you, you said uh, you don't have the PDF up just yet. I just thought about this when I put all of y'all's information cards up on the W2 Capitalist 
facebook.com slash mastermind where you're leaving mm. these calls. I don't think I have any of y'all's contact information on there. I need to go back and check that out. Uh, so if people are interested in what you're doing or joining your specific mastermind call, that information is there. Um, I need to get your information. That, 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 it, that so. should, that should be their way of entries. They got to join the mastermind so that they can, uh, so they can come <laughs> in on the calls and then, and then pick, but I want to make it, make it too hard for people. If they want to, if they want to reach out, reach out to Jay, he'll, he'll connect us. If yeah. Needed. We'll, we'll definitely get it, get you connected with Adam if you're interested. So if you, if you are interested in the set your rent uh, concept, the quote unquote mini franchise or uh, joining the mastermind, reach out to me. I'm very active on Facebook. You can just go to Facebook and look up. Um, uh, I don't even know why I'm giving this out. I never, I've never done this before. I never referenced go connect with me on Facebook. Matter of fact, I'm almost at the friend limit. So don't do that. Go t- just send me an email, j at w2capitalist.com, j a y at w2capitalist.com. Adam, thank you very much. I look forward to doing this again with you in the very near future. Hopefully, Holy crap. It is about to be November. Jeez. I'll oh, thank, see. Oh, thank we'll you do this next this, year. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That, that keeps, that keeps it wide open. We'll, yeah. we'll get the new year's resolutions. That's it. No, this, That's this it. has been great, Jay. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. This is a, this is a pleasure. Absolutely. Um, oh, it just scared me cause I couldn't see the record button. I thought we've been talking this whole time and it didn't record. <laughs> That has happened. That has happened. Uh, that's why it scared me. Anyway, Adam, have a great night. My kids are starting to yell. It's going to get loud in here in just a minute because it is getting supper time and mm-hmm. got to go feed the beast. So thanks, buddy. Right, I man. appreciate it. And I will hopefully see you Tuesday night, tomorrow night. You got it. All right, man. No, right, man. wait. Wednesday. Wednesday at it'll lunch. Be, it'll be you, Wednesday. You shifted We're, to Wednesday at lunch. Yeah, Trying to keep everybody on their toes. Tuesday to Wednesday and then running a Monday. Keep it. Keep <laughs> all right buddy have a good night we'll see you, you. Too, man later all right y'all i hope you enjoyed this episode with adam i love talking to adam every time i talk with him i walk away feeling like i am a, a smarter person than i was uh, prior to just a really really smart dude when it comes to building wealth building systems uh just incredible so uh here's what i would recommend for you as next steps number one if you're interested in being around like-minded people who are going to share their knowledge and push you to accomplish more than you ever thought imaginable connect with us at w2capitalist.com forward slash mastermind you've heard adam and i talk all through this episode about members of the mastermind how that works whatnot you can find out even more info sign up at w2capitalist.com forward slash mastermind also check out w2capitalist.com slash events. That is going to be a calendar for all the events that we have coming up, including webinars and virtual happy hours and the schedule for those mastermind sessions. Again, that is w2capitalist.com slash events. And there is an S on that. The second step from here is let me know what resonated with you. I want to hear from you. My biggest pet peeve in this, in the podcast world is I don't get to interact with you. You get to listen to it very have very little feedback other than the ratings and reviews you guys give me on itunes which thank you very much for all the five-star reviews that are in i think we're up to 123 if you haven't done this yet i'll ask that you go ahead and give us a review rate us and uh, give us a review um but what i would love to before you go give us a rating and review if something resonated with you today 
I want to hear from you. I want to know what that exactly was. Send me an email, j at w2capitalist.com. That's J-A-Y at w2capitalist.com. I return all emails personally. Um, so it will be coming from you. It won't be coming from my VA. And that email address is j at w2capitalist.com. All right. So three things. Number one, if you're interested in joining us in the mastermind, go to w2capitalist.com slash mastermind. Number two, send me an email. Let me know what resonated with you, right? Number three, I would appreciate it if you have time. It takes about two minutes to do to give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Thank you very much. Uh, I really do appreciate it when you guys do that. It helps with uh, getting the show recognized, which means better guests, which means even more valuable content for you. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here before I start rambling. All I want to do is encourage you to have an amazing day and continue to earn, invest, repeat. Repeat. <laughs>